Hi, welcome to the Katie Halper Show. We have a really special episode for you today. It's a breaking news or breaking-ish news update with Dr. Adam Gaffney. And we talked to him about Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All bill. Adam writes for places like Jacobin, The Guardian. He has a piece in this week's Washington Post called Single Payer Won't Pass Now, But Its Popularity Proves Our Morals Are Changing. To hear the rest of the interview, please become Patreon members at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Uh, well, I mean, it's a pretty exciting day in the history of U.S. healthcare politics, I think. You know, obviously nothing was accomplished in terms of laws being passed or policy being made. Um, th- I think if single payer does happen, this will be looked back upon as a sort of crucial turning point. This is a very long history of, of, of efforts to create universal health care in this country, going back uh, certainly to the New Deal, some would say even earlier. But certainly, you know, from at least sort of New Deal, Truman era, there's been efforts to create national health insurance. There's sort of different waves, but there was an effort to create sort of state-based sort of compulsory health insurance kind of plans, not really universal, um, that um, that was tried during the progressive era. Um, actually, the Socialist Party was the first party to include a plank about health insurance. And then Teddy Roosevelt's Progressive Party actually followed. But it was more FDR, you know, his Economic Bill of Rights uh, address. He talks about a right to health care. And then it was really in the Truman era that, this, that the sort of, you know, current efforts to, to create a national health insurance plan started. Anyway, fast forward, um, you know, however many decades, and we still don't have that in this country. Uh, we still lack universal coverage. We have 28 million people uninsured is the most recent figure. That is not set to go down anytime soon. Um, that actually won't go down, uh, absent um, other policies. Um, and not only that, Katie, because there's a lot of discussion now. You'll hear a lot about, oh, yes, we all agree we need universal health coverage, which is becoming this sort of sneaky phrase that your listeners have to, I think, be aware of because we're going to be hearing more about this. But uh, it's not just about covering everybody. It's about the fact that people who are covered are not covered well. Um, high deductible health care plans are becoming the norm. Um the, a, a deductible is the amount you pay before insurance kicks in. So if I have, say, a $4,000 medical deductible, that means I'll pay the first $4,000 of my health care expenses before insurance covers it. Okay, um, So this is a form of what is referred to as cost sharing. So cost sharing is basically the amount you pay when you're using a health care service. Right? Um, and that's the different types of cost sharing is three are cost co-payments, which most people are familiar with, deductibles, and something called co-insurance, which is like a percentage of a, of, a, of the price you pay out of pocket. So 20% co-insurance means you pay 20% of the price of the drug or the hospitalization or whatever. So that's cost sharing. And this is important because there's a big debate even among sort of on the left um, or even among people who support universal health care, whether cost sharing should be a part of our health care system or no. And there's a long history of debating that point. Cost sharing is, is kind of like it has a nice sound to it. It sounds kind of socialisty. No, it's bad. It's not. It's the opposite of socialism. Right. I know it does have this touchy feely sound to it it sounds like you're it sounds like someone else is sharing with you when it's really you're sharing your yeah but really it's yeah it's really cost burden right. uh, imposing right and, and so so cost sharing basically means you have to pay money when you use healthcare, right that's the, that's it okay and so there's a long tradition of the left rejecting 
cost sharing. So even the Social uh, Democratic Party, you know, back when it was like a Marxist party in the 19th century, uh, it had this sort of thing called the Erfurt program, which was um, sort of this kind of socialist platform um, that became very influential. Anyway, that included a line about free medical care, including midwifery was the line. And so this idea that healthcare should be should be free when you use it has a long heritage. Now, the first healthcare system that really embraced that was the British National Health Service. So, in the British, I mean, when the British National Health Service launched, a key component of it was that there was no fees for doctor's visits, prescription drugs, eyeglasses, uh, you name it. And that, and the reason why that's so important is because it, in a very fundamental way, without getting like too kind of too theoretical about this, it decommodifies healthcare. Um, it takes it out of the realm of things that you even think of as good as something you're buying, right? Um, and so, and from a more practical perspective, it means that um, whether you go to the doctor or not, whether you fill a prescription or not, or whether you um, decide to go to the emergency room and you're having chest pain or not, is not determined by your money. You don't make those decisions. You don't have to even factor in cost. So, fast forward to today, we have a system of a lot of people uninsured, 28 million, but a lot of other people, and maybe most people, maybe almost everybody at this point, maybe that's a little too strong, but who are insured, but they don't have insurance that they can necessarily afford to use, or they don't want to use it because they have other expenses like food and rent and education or whatever, vacation, other pleasantries of life. Um, so that's where we are today. We have uninsured and we have underinsured. And a lot of us are underinsured. And it's, underinsurance is becoming the norm in a way. Deductibles are rising and so on and so forth. So underinsurance means you have insurance, but either the deductibles are too high or the copayments are too high, so you don't actually necessarily use it. Right, and this is a really common problem. So people like, I mean, you know, people like don't fill prescriptions or you try to space out their medication, only use it like once a day instead of twice a day because that's how they're trying to make it last longer. Um, and, you know, this is one of the things about healthcare that's a little tricky is that oftentimes people who don't, who, who no, no, do not yet have a lot of medical issues are not aware of how difficult it is for people who do um, because these, um, these expenses can get quite high even when you have insurance. So what we're trying to do with single payer and this is part of not just single payer, but really all kind of left-wing healthcare policies is not only cover everybody, but cover everybody with comprehensive uh, a plan with comprehensive benefits without cost sharing. Let me just put out what what's happening right now in sort of the liberal left argue, um, um, discourse. Um, so basically, the left is saying, look, we got our plan. It's called single payer. It's called national health insurance. We've been talking about this for decades. Um, Canada has it. The UK sort of has it. They even go a little farther. Let's do this. Let's make it happen. We got these bills. Onward. Um, and what we're hearing now from sort of um, people slightly, sort of more, a little more to the liberal end of the left spectrum is, well, hold on a second. Do we, is this really the best plan? These, these other universal health coverage models. Of course we want universal health coverage. Everybody wants universal health coverage, but have we really found the best way to go about it? And then they'll say, and I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. Like these are, you know, well-meaning smart people. Usually one or the other, let's be honest. I'm serious. <laughs> and they um, will say, well, then there's this, some, there's this Swiss model and the, the Dutch model and the German model, and they sort of are a little more public-private hybrids. So I'm happy to talk about each of those pr programs, but um, in my mind, um, 
Uh, and, and really what the underlying argument is, I don't think anyone's saying, oh, let's recapitulate the German model right in the United States right now. It's more – the underlying sort of point of that is couldn't we take the Affordable Care Act, a public-private hybrid, build on it to universal coverage? I mean that's really what we're getting at. And, and so that's where the divide is. Okay, so but it would be universal coverage, but there'd still be under insurance, right? Correct. So that is a critical arc. So that's the first problem with that whole approach, which you just nailed. Nailed it. <laughs> and you said that you said you were not good at health policy. I know, but this is all the teaching. It's a pedagogical thing. So that is this. But this is important because cost sharing and universal coverage and universal health care. It's like um, Frank Lunt style, mm -hmm. right? Uh, how, what did he call? Like the Clear Skies yes. Act, the Clean Skies Act, or whatever. Clear Skies, you know, all these euphemisms that people use yeah. um, to frame things. And I don't want to be too, like you said, theoretical or semantics based. But language stuff is really important. Oh, it does, and, and this is playing out already. Like, so the so the, even the phrase universal health coverage (UHC) has actually been embraced. Some people argue almost as like a neoliberal model in the in this sort of global context. Is this sociologist sort of doctor sociologist Howard Wade's kid yeah. has written a little bit about this about how Sounds it woke. is sort of becoming this um, hegemonic model of and and it doesn't mean what we think it means. Like we hear that and we're like, oh yeah, Canada, Britain. Uh, Puppies and, and rainbows. Puppies and rainbows, and that's what we're going for. Or, you know, right. Uh, ponies, right, or otters. Right, um, yeah. yeah. And, um, Don't get ahead of yourself. We, we can't be too utopian. Not, otters, not our life, lifetime. Not yet. Ponies. Um, so so, so th that's what we think. But what, they, but what that term, UHC, has come to mean uh, is, oh, any way of covering most of the population, even if it's a combination of public plans and private plans, even if there's different tiers of access, even if poor people don't have as good access as rich people, you know, as long as you're covering everybody with something. And that is really problematic. Um, so when I say universal health care, this is what I mean by it, okay? Yes, everyone's covered, but not just that. I think in universal health care, and this is my personal, this is not like an official, this is how I like to think of it. Not only do we want to cover everyone, but there shouldn't be financial barriers to care, which means no cost sharing. Also, it means equity. So that requires a single tier program, not one program for the poor um, who are going to be disproportionately minority and one program for the well off. Um, you know, Medicaid is a wonderful program, but it still sometimes functions as a second tier pro uh, uh, program when in certain places not enough doctors take it because the payments are lower. If you need if you really want equity, you need to have equity. You need to have one program, one tier. Um, anyway, so I think of like what we, what I think what we on the left think of as universal healthcare brings together those elements. No financial barriers, universal coverage, yes, but no financial barriers, equity, and comprehensive benefits. And that's very different than what other people talk about when they sort of speak of universal health coverage, UHC. Right, because I mean, it seems to me like actually what this is, uh, universal coverage is actually universal under insurance. It certainly can be. I mean, for instance, people now say that China has universal health coverage. Like, If you go and read the journals, they'll say China has achieved universal health coverage. Now, I'm not even trying to give China a hard time. It's a, it's a poorer country. I'm not, say, I'm not saying I know the best thing for them, what, what they should do there. But it is not what we think of as universal health care. Like they have extremely high cost sharing, like sometimes as high as like their insurance only covers like 50 percent of the cost of the health care item, which it just isn't what we think of. And then you compare that to something like the UK where there is no co-payments for anything um, except for prescription drugs in England and not outside England in the UK. So 
it's just a world of difference. And so this is a semantic sort of obstacle course that we are now heading into and we're going to be and, and, and I'm not one to usually get into this, this sort of semantics and the discourse kind of the terminology, but this is going to come up again and again. You're going to see a lot of people saying, and they already are, uh, saying universal health coverage, yes, full steam ahead, on board. Oh, but wait, single payer, that's actually just one right. of 20 million ways right. to get. Kind of the equivalent of wokeness in healthcare a little bit um, in terms of using language but not really meaning uh, what you're saying or like co-opting language. But I, th I do think that the article, an article by Howard Waitzkin, as I said, which is online, does get into that a little bit. Um, I, don't, I think he does argue that this is something that's been sort of embraced by the World Bank and sort of transnational organizations. Was it originally used by good people, like as an aspirational thing? Well, it still is. I mean, that's why it's so confusing. Because like I still use, you know, I use that term sometimes. I use I use the term universal health care more. And then, then this is term universal health coverage, which they sound exactly the same. But actually people, there's like a slight difference in them in the way that, that they're used. Um, so, and I don't want to give up on universal. And it's not really universal. I mean, you, it's universal meaning everyone gets it. But I think of universalism, like universal programs, I think of, equal access right like right not different levels not different levels not different tiers um not tiers based to ba certainly not based on income right i mean um based on beauty then it's based on what beauty, beauty? is what our preference <laughs> no i mean like france for instance i think has a couple different right. funds within their system but they really doesn't really matter which one you're in so it does it, it's essentially single payer as far as i'm concerned even though people will say well it's decentralized but you know that's just sort of a finer. And what are the worst arguments against single payer that you've heard? Like what are the, the ones, ones that drive you crazy? The ones that drive me crazy. We should do a quiz where I name, I say it, name that pundit, and you tell me if it was like Joy Reid, <laughs> Sally Albright. Oh, so Peter you're Dow. thinking of like criticisms from the from the liberals? Eh, from libs, yeah. But we can, yeah, we could do one of each. Um, right. I'm used to the more sort of um, sure. right wing criticisms. Yeah. So I think that like rations, lines, waiting, waiting for procedures. Exactly. Those things. Oh, everybody from Canada comes. OK, OK. So uh, arguments that drive me crazy from libs. Well, I think we already covered the biggest one, which is a new one, which I'm not even used to, which is brand new. So this argument, yes, we need he universal health coverage, but there's, there's 12 ways to get there and let's hash it out and start a con national conversation about right. healthcare. Um, that is brand new and it's driving me up the wall. Um, not that I think we, I should shut down people conversation, but I feel like this is the time, like we've kind of coalesced, even Democrats are coalescing around this vision. Um, and this is the time we're gonna like be like, let's talk, talk about the Swiss. Anyway, um, and I don't think it's the Swiss, but they actually have the most, the second most health, expensive healthcare program uh, outside the U.S., so they should not be the model. Anyway, the other sort of liberal, okay, well, I've been dealing with these on Twitter, actually. So the other liberal sort of criticism, um, the other big one that I was dealing with today was, and then actually Josh Bar Josh Holland brought up as well, and, I, and I'm not dismissing this, it has to be taken seriously, is the loss aversion argument um, that people will not be happy when you say you're getting into this universal plan and you lose your employer-based plan. Uh, my counter to that is um, that would be true if the public plan was worse than the existing private plan. Right. Um, but if better, it's better. Then, uh, then I think we can persuade people that this is a good idea. And then they'll say, well, you people are worried. About, they don't care that you're promising them something better. It, you know, and they, they're and still going to fear. They point to some, some tests, There's some like, like study, some right? studies where if you put like 100 mice in a room. Okay, so let's move on to what happened today. So what happened today? So yeah. why does today matter? 
How about that? Is that a good question? Yeah, good beats, good folk song too. Am, am I doing good questions? Yeah, you are. <laughs> You're like a one-man band. Um, so today matters um, for really one big reason because the reality is Bernie has had a single payout plan before. 2013, I think, was his last one. He had zero co-sponsors. Wait, but he's eight, he's copying Hillary Clinton. So wasn't it just Hillary Clinton and he had he wasn't doing it? You're, you're accusing him of stealing Hillary's plan? Apparently, yeah, I don't even understand how that supposedly. First of all, you can't steal somebody's healthcare plan. These ideas are really old. Like it's a, it's a, it's like it's a, it's like <laughs> a preposterous notion. It's like me being like, you stole my idea about like universal police access to police department. So today mattered because he. Okay, first off, it's a very substantive bill. It's a very thorough bill. Um, he has, again, I think it's a total of 18 co-sponsors with him was the last count I saw. That's huge. It's, you know, more than, a th I think it's around a third of the Democratic caucus. Um, and um, it, it happens to co uh, correspond with, or rather coincide with, the fa um, a, a, a bill in the House that now has 60% support from the Democratic caucus. So we have a, a bill in the House that's supported by a majority of Democrats and a bill in the Senate that is approaching um, being supported by maybe eventually soon, um, a majority of senators. This has not happened in the modern single payer movement. Um, and so it's a big deal. And so um, this, as I kind of started off, I think the segment saying, like, I think if single payer does pass, today will be like an important, um, you know, few pages in the book that gets written about it and the history of it. Get it. Um, By Adam Gaffney. Uh, yeah. Um, and when would that, when do you think it'll, when's the soonest it could be? How could that actually happen? I mean, I have no idea. I guess the soon, I, it's not, it's, you know, this Congress is not going to make it, and I don't think that uh, Trump is going to sign it. So the soonest could be, you know, 2020, and that would be the best. You have a piece in the Washington Post today. You can hear the rest of this interview at our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. And you'll also be able to hear some juicy tidbits from people like Neera Tandon when she votes against single payer. You can follow Adam at A.W. Gaffney at Twitter or at progressivephysician.net. Thanks for listening. <laughs>